Welcome to Behind the Sport, episode number three for season two. Uh, Brent joins me as usual. How are you? Good, fantastic. Loving the weather. Now here you did a 60 second almost flat around Wanneroo. Almost, almost. Uh, so to, still chasing in that little car. Um, we'll get a 59 out of that package before we bring the big boy car out. Nice, nice. About time you um, stopped whinging and just went racing. So yeah, good on you. Good on yeah. you. Hell of a workout. <laughs> man, I would have done 100 laps, I reckon. 100 laps? Oh, man. Well, I reckon, to, I reckon tonight's guest has probably done 100 laps, I know, oh. on his little pinky finger compared to you. Yeah, tonight's guest is uh, probably a lot fitter than me as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't talk myself, but, you know, I'm just yeah. going to say yes anyway. He's got better looking anyway. We'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Done. Uh, so joining us for this episode, we have Paul Trengo, who's the venue manager of Perth Motorplex and has an impressive 70%, 76% podium average in his racing career. How are you going? Good. Good. Thanks for having me along. No worries. Um, you have just returned to Perth to take over the uh, venue management of the Perth Motorplex and before that you were at the Bend in South Australia. Um, two completely different setups, obviously racing, drag racing. How are you finding it? Um, look, motorsport's still motorsport, no matter sort of what discipline it is. And, um, look, those two venues are very different and, uh, operate quite differently. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, I've only been in the motorplex role for probably six months now and, um, yeah, really enjoying it. Awesome. Um, now... As people do when there's change, there's always whinges and stuff, and they went, oh, my God, it's an Andrew guy coming to take us over. But what a lot of people didn't realise is he actually had, uh, what was it, about, um, about seven or eight years, seven, eight years yeah. yeah, as competition and ops manager for Speedway Australia. So yeah. you've, you're probably more of a Speedway person than a, than a drag person. Yeah, I know a lot more about cars that at least turn left as opposed to those <laughs> that go straight very fast um, but yeah it's been it's been interesting and again um, all motorsports the same in so many ways and different in their own ways but um, yeah I, I certainly have a lot more background about Speedway so the learning cap is on for drag racing. As far as what I can tell they just put their foot in and go fast but <laughs> probably going to get some hate from drag if I say that too I, much. I imagine so. <laughs> I, I looked spending the last sort of the last six months of the season down there um, this year and getting to sort of know some of the drivers and see what goes into the cars. You know, it's not just, yeah, putting the foot in and going fast. That's, um, yeah, hopefully that'll redeem me before anyone <laughs> comes and does something, runs me over. Um, now, as I said in the intro, 76% podium percentage, which um, is pretty quite high. Um, you were first in the 2002 Formula 3 Australia Trophy class, third, uh, or sorry, equal second in the Australian Drivers' Championship for Formula Holden, competing with the likes of Johnny Reid, Michael Caruso, and uh, Daniel Gaunt. Um, and other drivers that competed in that include like Will Power, who's now overseas. So, you know, I think he was maybe before your time. Yeah, well, he's actually... Um a year before me in the Formula Holden, but we did race together against each other in Formula 3, even though I was in the trophy class. Um, one of us went on to a lot more success than others, but um, it certainly wasn't me. But, um, yeah, it was, it's it's amazing the drivers you would compete against and see where everyone everyone goes. But that, that era of, I guess, my racing was, I guess, the, the highlight when I was really pushing to try and make something happen and, and racing those sort of Formula Holden cars or Formula 4000 they were when I was racing them. Just amazing cars, like massive power and um, super light and for their time were, you know, quite technical and, yeah, that was um, they were pretty cool cars and, and they, I think they still have track records around the country. Um, so, yeah, very enjoyable. So where did you get your start in motorsport as a competitor? Um like everyone, it's in go-karts, but um, my um, my whole family and me have always been based in Adelaide, um, and my granddad used to work for Elfin and used to build Elfin race cars, and uh, my dad raced them, as did my grandfather, 
So so did other members of the family, and I guess I just ended up um, in a go-kart at six years old and didn't really get much of a choice, and everything, I guess, evolves from there. So, yeah. So in your first uh, competitive outing, how did you go? Uh, look, in karting when I was a little kid, I didn't. it was all a bit of fun as opposed to the competitive side. And once, um, you know, once I got into school and that kind of thing, um, you know, the parents wanted me to settle down and get cracking on that, which... You know, in hindsight, I guess that was the right thing to do. But at the time, you wish you were racing as a 12 and 13-year-old, but I was sort of more studying. So, um, yeah, but once we got, uh, once I got serious and got back into car racing, once I went through uni and that kind of thing, straight away it was about being competitive and very quickly I was starting to have wins. So, it was um, yeah, it was good. Nice. Um, in 2019, you entered the Australian Prototype Series. Uh, you finished eighth overall. Were you at the bend for the last um, rounds of the prototype series? Uh, I was there, but I wasn't competing that event. Okay. Yeah, so I did. Um, I only did a couple rounds in 2019, um, and uh, I was on the podium both times, which was good. And the second round that I did, I, I won one of those races, which was good. Um, great category. Um, such a mix of cars. Um, Fiat, uh, sort of, you know, turbo power cars versus yeah. motorbike powered cars like mine. So, very underpowered that what I'm driving, but um, I think there's a few other things that help me go to the front. And yeah, just an awesome category. And those cars, I guess, are as close to open wheelers as you can get, being really aerodynamic cars. So, yeah, really enjoy it. What, uh, what car are you racing or were you racing in the. Actually, I say are because 2021, you still are racing. I'm still there, yeah. yeah. What, what, were you ra- what are you racing? Um, so, I'm racing a West Sports car. Yep. Um, so it's yeah, basically um, a thousand cc Kawasaki ZX ten R engine, um, and I don't know, it's probably two hundred horsepower at best, but um, super light and just yeah, really aerodynamic car. Um, and up against sort of the bigger heavy cars, there are tracks that really favour myself and tracks that obviously favour them. But um, yeah, it's it's really enjoyable, and I'm actually now the CEO of the company that runs that category. Um, so it, it's uh, Are you reading yeah. my notes? Because I've got that Sorry. as a question later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's enjoyable. Let's just, let's just hide this down Sorry. here. <laughs> yeah, no, so it's enjoyable to be on the racing side as well as, you know, the, the management side as well. Yep. Just just in case you forgot you're the CEO, yeah. we've got it written down. <laughs> got it written down. Is there anything else you want to like? I'm good, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I swear that happened. Like, so this time last year, I guess, was... Um, uh, Mark Sutton, F1 photographer, yep. and he'd asked sort of a list of questions beforehand, and I swear he just had that open on his computer. And just you know, three hours later, that, sure. that podcast was three. It was a long one, but we couldn't get a question in with him. It was just like, oh, and blah blah blah, and blah blah. I'm like, that's our next question. That's it. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so Sydney Motorsport Park this year, uh, you finished fourth in that round. Um, you actually almost ran me over. Uh, going to the grid on Sunday. Did I? Yep. Sorry for that. That's all right. Can't really see out of those cars. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no, no. I mean, just look at me. Like, yeah. In your defence, there were two Muppets. I mean, pit crew um, from someone's team, like walked in front of my camera, and I've actually sidestepped out to grab the photo. Um, as it turns out, of your car. Yeah. Um, and you've almost clipped me as you've gone through oh, because obviously you can't see. No. And these Muppets, yeah, force this situation. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, I was looking because when I was like, oh, it's in 2021, I might just quickly see, you know. <laughs> and like, there you are. I'm like, I remember that photo. Like, I've got this, yeah. So, yeah, it was good. Apologies but, for um, that. <laughs> I said, not your fault. Like, the pit crew Muppets. Um, <laughs> the guys, are they supposed to be there working? <laughs> There was a gate, so at, they could have got out of the shot themselves anyway, um, you know, because photographers are more important than everyone, apparently. <laughs> Insert triggered emoji. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> oh, it's like a whole out. Chase Byron thing all over again. Where's the fuel? Where's the fuel? <laughs> yeah, we, um, we, we had out of Marjoram um, down at Wanneroo for one of the meets and... Yeah, we kept one of the drivers talking a bit too long. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, there was an issue with fuel caps not getting secured. And, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I was like, but we're media, we're important. No, we didn't <laughs> say that whatsoever. Like, oh, shit, sorry. Um, <laughs> now, you did mention you are the CEO of um, the Prototype Series. So how is that fitting in with, obviously, everything you're doing at the Motorplex, yeah. racing, it's busy. CEO. Yeah, it's busy, but um, 
you know, it's, it's, and it's been such a challenging year. And I really took that CEO role on last year when COVID sort of started to shut down a lot of my work at the Bend. Um, and also, you know, the series itself wasn't really active once the, the lockdowns and that kind of thing happened. So um, it was a chance to sort of get in and, and help the help the, the company and, and the guys involved um, get that series through that COVID period um, and, you know, try and help them set a calendar for the new year, which we've attempted to do as best we can. And, you know, it's all it's all capitulated again with all yeah. the, the outbreaks. But, um, yeah, it's 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 busy, but it's, it's also not, you know, it's not a full-time sort of thing. So... Um, I am able to sort of, I was going to say squeeze that into, you know, my spare time, but um, if you can call it that, but uh, yeah, it keeps me busy, so it's good. How are you um, finding the Shannon's Nationals these year, this, this year? Because, hmm. yep. It's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll preface it for people that probably don't know, that especially at the Sydney Motorsport round, there was a lot of... Uh, well, there's at least two or three un- unhappy categories uh, with how they yeah. were treated on the thing. Um, and I'm going to say right now, I think Aussie race cars was absolutely shafted at that. Um, they had one of the biggest fields and they got shafted for, you know, yeah, okay, there was delays because of fog and that. You know, they can't help that. Mm. But perhaps some of the categories that had lesser entrants yep. could have been bumped, like yeah. production cars maybe. Yeah. Um, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it was it was a frustrating weekend. And, and I think, you know, there's been a big change with Shannon's Nationals this year with um, ARG, the Australian Racing Group, um, coming into that series with some very big categories and very commercial categories, which basically takes the live TV and takes all of the, um, I guess, the, the hot spots of the weekend as far as where you want to be on the schedule. And the other categories seem to just fit around that. So um, I think Shannon's Nationals themselves were surprised at, um, you know, how demanding that category and the time that they require is. Um, There will be changes next year. We already know that. Um, And even our next round, which is at this stage, Sandown. um, Sorry, rephrase that. Was Sandown. Um, They're now looking to run an an event on that same weekend um, at Phillip Island, um, which will take care of those sort of Shannon's categories that already are on a, a full sort of category list with that ARG round. So for us, it's actually awesome because Phillip Island and a prototype is, you know, perfect. That's a great track for our cars. So, yep. yeah, it should be okay. All I can say is apparently you need to watch out for the tourist buses. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and the photographers. And the photographers. <laughs> yeah. the, the, well, no, this was a double whammy with that one. When, <laughs> so Nick Scarcella, um, who's the... Oh yeah, yeah, you know yeah, the story. Yeah, they had a, um, a tourist tourist bus rock up. Using quotation marks for anyone that's listening, um, and perhaps the ladies that were there were not really tourists. Uh-huh. And there was a bit of a gust of wind across the main straight, and there was a photographer, and maybe it just happened to line up that some promo shots got taken Good when timing. that gust of wind. So yeah, nice. Yeah, so just got to watch out for that gust of wind. Right, I'll have my eyes open yeah, for it. Yep. Yeah, and the tour bus. <laughs> yeah, it's probably rock and roll stuff. <laughs> um, so going back through your history, um, <clears throat> eight years, yeah, definitely done the math right, eight years at Speedway Australia. So as competition and ops manager, what, what do you do with Speedway Australia? Um, my role changed a lot through those eight years, but to start with, I was heavily focused on the compliance side of racetracks, um, especially regarding safety structures um, and all the insurance components that go with that, um, all the way through to writing you know, updated racing rules or we actually, we actually for the first time wrote a national rule book during that time that all categories could follow rather than all separate throughout the industry. Um, but then it evolved all the way through to um, pretty much managing World Series um, from a business side as well as the um, you know operational side as well. So it was, um, I guess, pretty much the whole business um, on both sides of the fence. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was a really interesting eight years um, working in that industry and learnt a lot about motorsport and venues as well. I probably visited over 50 racetracks through that time running running events around the country. So, yeah, it was really cool. Did you ever get a drive of any a sprint car or anything uh, like that? Uh, not a sprint car, but I did um, I did race a super sedan on, yeah, okay. a, on a certain yeah, cool. weekend. Um, my first laps, 
were heat one. Yep. Um, <laughs> they there was no practice. Our hot laps didn't happen, and I just went out uh, in heat one and just went for it. So I got lapped three times in a ten lap race, um, learning the car. But by the feature, I was lapped three times in that race, but it was twenty laps long. So I feel I doubled my um, performance. Yep. yep. Um, so that was good. Uh, and I've driven around the Perth Motorplex before in a Formula Five Hundred, which was pretty cool. Um, so that was just on a on a Wednesday night practice. Yep. So um, look, they're experiences, but uh, I don't know. The dirt track confuses me. The is yeah, it always changes, and it's there's holes in it, and yeah, it's very confusing to what I'm used to. <laughs> so I think I'll stick to the black stuff. Yep. <laughs> yep. You're thinking of uh, going on to the yeah, dirt. Yeah, had a crack, and it's a very different sport it's mm. a whole different challenge and it is a lot harder than it looks yeah, yeah. they make it look way too easy the guys that are good they yeah. just make it look so easy and it's not <laughs> <laughs> so after there you ended up at the bend uh which was the um built by the shahins out uh, in tail and bend mm-hmm. um being there i think it's a fantastic venue um like from media point of view, getting around, you know, on that the gravel or on the outside of the track is amazing. Mm. So whoever thought of that's a legend. Was that you? Uh, yeah, let's say yes. Yes, you say yes. Okay. <laughs> wasn't Garth Tander's visit, was it? <laughs> no, he was there, obviously, but no, it wasn't that visit. No. <laughs> um, so how how far into the build did you get involved there? Um, I was actually the first employee on the project. So back in 2014, I think it was. Um, I got, um, I'd say I got brought in, but it was more of me pestering the Shaheen family to bring me on and, um, you know, arguing my case as to why I should be there. Um, but they took me on and I was heavily involved in the actual design of the race circuit. Um, and pretty much the circuit was designed by the Shaheens themselves and myself with sort of consultants, uh, such as Mark, Mark Scaife. We did have Garth Tander there helping us a bit. And we also had Mark Weber and Mick Doohan you know, run their eyes over it and have a couple of visits and give us some advice as well. So it really was a race circuit that the the owners had a vision of what they wanted it to be. Um, but with that comes actually making it making it happen and making it compliant with uh, all the FIA and FIM international standards. So from the design through again to the compliance, that was the majority of my role um, to start with. And then once the construction was underway, it was all about making sure it was being built right. Um, And uh, through that time, we started designing, you know, where the, how the pit building looks and what the rooms look like. And that's a lot more challenging than you think because all the international bodies have certain rules of where things need to go, whether it's a, you know, a, um, a, a race control area, whether or not it's the clerk of the course office or the timing, there's so many, rules and they don't all agree with each other what yeah. the bikes want is not necessarily <laughs> what the cars want and um, so it's a very challenging um yeah very challenging time but yeah that uh that was the start of what i did there for the first three or four years all the way through to the operations of it and yeah it was a really really exciting project so during the build was there a you know moment that stood out as a highlight of it all besides the completion yeah i reckon there was so what we did once we had the circuit and i'm going to very simplify it but um once we had the the circuit designed and cut out with a grader literally it's a grader with a gps on it that goes around and around and follows the track um and uh, pretty much drives itself uh, and once that was all cut and we could get some good drone footage and even get a little rally car onto the track just to see what it felt like that was a pretty cool moment because it yeah. started to feel like it was going to be real um, I guess leading up to that, you've had three years of design and it's just never got that feeling of it's going to happen. But, yeah, it did happen and, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. There was a brief stint with the uh, Sporting Car Club of South Australia. Was that a bit of a, a break away from the bends while it was being completed? Or Yeah, there was a bit of that. There was this transition period where we finished the designs and submitted them for um, approval through all the state government bodies that, it needs to go through and it really was six months of there wasn't a lot there for me to do um and whilst i could have stayed on i, I took an opportunity to go to the sporting car club and, and do six months there and uh it didn't last that long obviously and the bend called me back as soon as they could so um yeah but you know even that was an interesting stint and i think wherever you go and what organization you work for you learn something so it was, it was good 
So back at back at the bend from 2016 until uh, late 2000 and uh, or late 2000, mm. um, when yeah, you know, again, I guess a highlight from that time that you could pick. I reckon there's a couple. I think the first one, uh, once we were operational at the bend, really was those um, you know the first cars going out on the track. Uh, I think it was the Shannon's event that we had. Um, it was a nightmare of an event. The um, We had a lot of wind out there. Um, the track was so new that all of the infield hadn't grown grass yet. It was just dirt, which then caused, you know, something that any desert across the Middle East would be jealous of. It was it was pretty hectic. Um, but just to see cars on the track for the first time was really cool. I think my first time out there was a cool experience to drive a track that I, you know, really helped in the design of. Um, and I think, to be honest, the last event I was part of was probably my favourite, and that was the four-hour four of uh, Asia Le Mans. Yep. That was just an incredible highlight. They they drove the 7.77-kilometre circuit, which is the GT circuit, and just to see those cars, the sports cars for, at that level, just phenomenal. So, yeah, that was probably one of the highlights. Any uh, tips or tricks for anyone that's going over to yeah. drive at the bend at any time? I mean, I've got... Plenty, but I'm still racing, so I'm not going to give them away yeah, at this okay. point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we won't, we won't push that one anymore, but we'll leave you at that. <laughs> um, I, when I went over for the Shannon's Nationals, the second running in 2019, because I had the two events there that, that year, it was the second outing of the S5000s. Um, and I have to say it was amazing to watch them going around that track, you know, when I was my first time at the bend, yep. um, and you know, I was like, oh, this is really cool, oh, this is a cool, you know, cool venue. Um, even beats the pain for access getting around, which was really cool. Yep. Um, and yeah, just to see like the S5000 is roaring down that straight, and then you know, the that turn one, turn one, turn two, like in the dip. And yep. I don't know what. I think they they don't still have names, do they? They're still just no, they're still turns, and yeah, turns, um, yeah. and I'm happy to say one, two, three were three corners that I designed, and and yeah. even it's even the little history you get from that. I've still got at home the sketch I did of that sequence of corners in pencil, yeah, well, um, and you know just sitting on my wall there at home because you know you don't you don't get that opportunity too often to be involved in something like that. Yeah. Um, but you know the the whole track itself really was a. Um, it, it was a design that had the the European mindset of a fast flowing aerodynamic circuit. That's really what the the owners wanted, yeah. um, and it doesn't suit all cars. Um, so we see supercars events sometimes. It's, it's you know they're not that close to racing all the time around there, just given the nature of the track. But when you see S five thousands as you talked about, and you know proper aero cars, yeah. it's just a phenomenally fast track. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was awesome. I loved it. And, to hear that you designed those three tra- those three corners yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, because that's definitely my favorite. <laughs> my favorite corner set was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, it's cool. and again, you know, from a media point of view, there's so many different spots there, you know, to get different photos and you know different angles, you know, other than just the straight on stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's really cool. I almost want to like get out and go. Hey, we're not worthy. Mm. Like that's yeah, that's really cool. Um, now, I had a look at your LinkedIn profile. You got a background in ICT. Mm. Do you know how many people in motorsports seem to have that? Yeah. Like, what is it? Yeah. What I is it about it? Like my my background was IT. Well, we sort of still IT as well. Mm-hmm. But what is it about it? Motorsport that seems to attract us all to it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a technology sport, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, so my background, I'm actually got a, an accounting degree, which oh, okay. of, of all things, um, which um, you never guess. No, um, <laughs> and to be honest, it was you know I was good with numbers, but didn't know what else to do. So I did accounting, thinking it will help me in business or something later down the track. But um, funnily enough, my first sponsor, major sponsor, was CPA Australia, which is the peak body for accounting, yep. <laughs> and it was actually them that really funded my career through F3 and, and Formula Holden. So I think the university paid off in that sense. But, yep. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, from the ICT point of view, I guess you just get involved in things. You just tinker, and, and I started working on some into some IT projects and, yeah, just doing all-round stuff to keep things going, and that's what happened. Yeah, nice. We're going to hand you over to Brent, who uh, probably has some fan questions. 
got a few people that send through questions and we sort of let them know who's coming on and um, yeah, so I'll hand you over Brent for a little bit and then uh, we'll come back and have a bit of a chat about the Motorplex and a couple of other things. Sure. And yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, a few, few questions come through. Um, start off with uh, prototype racing because in WA we're really lucky. We've got, we've got two beautiful circuits. Um, I, I love Wanneroo, um, but we don't have a lot of categories because we're, we're, we're numbers constrained, right? We don't, we don't have the population base that some of the other states have or some of the other countries tend to have. So um, we don't get all the mismatch, or, or not mismatch, but the mishmash of categories that some of the other states get. So tell us a bit about prototype racing. Um, I think the closest thing we have to prototypes here are probably the radicals. Mm-hmm. We've had a few prototypes run in yesteryear and some of the – we had some really fast ones with Nissan engines running um, in sports cars, with sports cars, sports sedans before they, they stopped that. Um, and then I suppose for some of the viewers, the only things that uh, we could probably translate it to, I know Jimmy's probably on the uh, probably going to listen to this, but uh, Jimmy Broadbent, famous sim racer in the UK, he races in the prototype series over there with the Pragas. So um, tell us the difference between what what were is the West are they still Japanese mate? Were they no, actually, them they used to have no, they're actually an American thing really, yeah. and then they got built in Asia, and yeah, so a, a bit of a bit of a kit car in that sense but yeah the prototype series um really does cater for any sports car that you know can fit in i guess what you call a prototype um we do have radicals in our category um but we 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 sort of have a lot sort of more quicker and 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 faster more technological cars as well um the, the most popular manufacturer at the moment is wolf which is an italian race car um and there's about six or seven different versions of the wolf um from two seaters to one seater um they've got the turbo power cars, um, naturally aspirated, and their motorbike engine cars as well. Um, so we have any given race meeting about eight different types of race cars on the track, and we use a balance of performance um, system throughout our racing. And uh, after each qualifying, after each race, we assess times, and there's a, a calculation that happens. And when the cars come back in, those are outperformed too too much. Um, we'll either have ballast or throttle position or rev limits or Lots of different ways we can slow the cars down to create even racing. So, um, yeah, the prototype series really is about any um, open wheel sort of sports car style race car to the point where at Sydney we even had LMP3 for the first time. So um, that's for next year, that's something we are very strongly looking at is merging all these together to create a really good prototype category for next year. Yeah, wicked. So it is really similar to the UK one where they have the, the little short, I think they run like three hour and one hour enduro yep. series two over a weekend with most major race weekends. Cool. Um, and then yes, yeah, so I think the Wolf's real similar to the Praga, where you've got the center center seating position version of it with the the cool doors and oh, wicked. Cool. Um, do you think it will go? We'll get to see him in WA at any stage. There have to be a bit of demand, obviously, to get him yeah. over here, or a it's reason. It's a good too, question. We actually have tr- we actually tried it this year, um, and just these lockdowns that have just happened hold it really um the reason we were looking as we just earlier sort of spoke about the shannon series um you know started to become a little difficult for us to be part of um they've had cancellations of as well with covid um and we had a really strong um contingent from south australia and victoria show interest in coming to wa you've got radicals here you've got the arise group here and they were working with us to try and potentially create a round here in september but uh, it just it just doesn't look like it's going to happen now. But um, we definitely have our eyes on coming over here. Um, it's obviously just a long way to get to it. That's all. Wicked. Yeah. So with the um, with the radicals in the prototype class, do you see uh, do the V eight radicals get out in there? So that's so that's yep. a place for them to sit and run. Cool. Because there's a there's a few of them over here. There's a few privately owned V eight radicals over here as well. So it'd be good to see them used in a. You know, you see they come out at open days and yeah. um, speed events and that sort of stuff. It'd be cool to see them used in a, you know, proper racing, which is where yeah. it sort of turns me on. That's what I want and to we see. And so. we do have one SR8 in the field for the series yep. um, based in Victoria um, and then, you know, SR3s as well. Yep. Um, but, yeah, certainly, um, you know, any of the – and the thing with our category as well is we've nearly dropped the rule book on specs. It's, it's yeah. more about now make your car as fast as you can make it and if you're too fast, we'll bring you back. Yeah. Um, and the reason we do that is because that is the definition of a prototype. It's develop your car, make it go fast. That's the point. So, um, yeah, that's really the attitude our category's taken this year. 
Yeah, I think with the um, with the two series logbooks as well. I think it's the, the leanest rule book in the yeah. in the motor or the leanest schedule in motorsport Australia. So, no, that's cool. Well, I'll hopefully get to see them one day. I'd, I'd love to see them uh, full stop. Anything that's that fast and built specifically to do that one thing, which is just be blindingly fast, is is really really cool. Um, shaping up a little bit to to you being in, in one of these cars, um, and and then talking about a track which I think I haven't driven it yet, but it's one track that I really, really want to get to, City Motorsport Park. Um, what's your advice for someone that's about to get into a very, very fast car that's specifically built to be going fast with aero and all the, all the good stuff? What would be your advice for tackling Sydney Motorsport Park? Uh, I really enjoy Sydney. It's um, very fast, very, very flowing and very aerodynamic reliant. So you want to work on your neck muscles, first of all. Um, I hadn't been in the race car for quite a while with the COVID situation last year, so given this was round one, I definitely battled with the fitness side for that first round. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just got to trust the aero. And, um, you know, turn one, we are flat. We don't lift. Um, we go through there at about 240, 250. And, um, you know, the rest of the traps has a really nice flow. So it's all about, you know, really maintaining that that flow and, um, yeah, keeping the momentum up in those cars. So, yeah, good fun track, though. Yeah, wicked. Um, so... With with Sydney Motorsport flying like that and being, you know, sort of other than the bend or, or maybe the island, probably close to the bend, that, especially that, that off that front straight, you get into that little tangle bit and then it flows again. Um, what would you, if you're a driver and, and you're obviously working with a professional crew like you guys do, um, how would you interpret feedback on setup going from one to the other? What, what would you be looking to trigger to recommend or to... to Give some advice so they're going between the two. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we go between aero tracks and tracks like Winton, which are, are very tight and twisty, and one's very aero-reliant, one's very mechanical grip-reliant. Um, and some drivers do better in some, and some teams set their cars up better in others. So um, just a very different mindset in the sense that, you know, a Sydney, the Bend, um, and Phillip Island, very fast-flowing, very aero-reliant, um, and really you want your car to have as least drag as possible, but you want to have as much confidence as you can through the through those fast corners so that you don't lift, um, and you have the confidence not to do that. Um, Winton, very much about breaking points, um, very much about um, getting a car to turn in at, on these tight corners, and you know some it's not even just some of the drivers, it's the cars themselves. Some of these cars in the prototype series just don't like those tight, twisty circuits, especially the big woofs because they're heavy, um, and they're big, you know, they're powerful cars, but, um, you know, a little motorbike car is a lot quicker through there just because it's pure aero um, and, you know, can really commit through that tight, twisty stuff. So very different disciplines. Yeah, wicked. Uh, that's cool to hear. And cool to hear you bring up Winton. Hopefully if all this COVID junk goes away, I'll get to go to Winton in uh, November. Um, they're doing an enduro over there, so booked in for that. Um, but it depends on COVID and times and... What are you going to be driving in that intro? Uh, with Maddie in the Nugget. Oh, um, the Nugget. Yeah, yeah, and one of the XL Cup cars. So This one right cool. here. Yep. So hopefully uh, we can make that happen. Uh, just really looking forward to it. I just want to drive different tracks, you know. Winton's one, it's never really popped up to me. It is. Um, it looks really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, and I've never really travelled south. I've done all the Queensland, done all the top ends. Um, just haven't been south, so really looking forward to to trying that out. Um yeah. Uh, so changing up a bit to what you're doing now, um, obviously the Motorplex uh, Fast Fridays are back. That's the, that's the big buzz for the for the more entry level categories, I suppose you say, or, or the um, the guys not so concerned about uh, driving a complete series and or, or running you know the, the big Saturday night shows. Um, how did that come about, and you know where, where did that come from? Bringing that back as before my time in WA when it was a thing, so... Yeah, and, and clearly, same with me, I, I didn't even really know what Fast Fridays were, but the, the way it came out was we got to the grand final this year for Speedway, um, which was for a Saturday night, and I just had noticed through the, I don't know, six Speedway events I'd, I'd seen since I'd been here for this year, that the categories were always those top-line categories. They weren't so much those smaller categories, and, and there was one event that we were going to bring, I think it was Street Stocks, to an event, and we got... Um, can't remember if it, I think it was a COVID lockdown that, that stopped that event from happening. And we had 40 or something entries and it just made my brain go, hang on a minute. Like if there's that much 
willingness from a smaller category to come to the motorplex, um, then, you know, how can we cater for that? So I sort of made it that the grand final would become a two-night event and the Friday night would be more those smaller categories and, and we'll continue the Saturday night. Um, they'll get a feature on the Saturday night and then we'll run the big boys. Um, and then the Speedway manager, Gavin Migro, said to me, well, that's just like how our Fast Fridays used to be. So he explained it to me and I was like, why don't we do these? And they just fell off the radar for whatever reason. But um, for me in this new season, I, I want to use the Motorplex as often as we can and give opportunities to all the categories to come and be part of it. Um, for the big categories, yep, they're used to it and it's just the place to come here in, in WA. Um, but for those smaller categories, it, it's like playing on the MCG in some ways. It's, you know, it's a real opportunity to, to sh you know, sort of show what they can do in front of their family and, and on the big stage with big screens and cameras and interviews and, you know, it'd be just great to, to give that back um, and, and create more events through the year. So that's kind of where it all came from. No, that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. I'll, I'll run the wingless around of those. And, um, no, it's, it's just good to see. Because there is, you know, like, as you know, Speedway, uh, most people don't realise the amount of categories there are, you know, yeah. like in street stocks, super saloons, everything right up to, you know, your, your premier stuff like your late models and your 360s and 410s. And, yeah, so it'll be, it'll be cool to see the Fast Fridays back. Um, are you going to combine them with drag racing? I think we did one towards the end of the last, last season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we did that with the grand final event on the Friday night. We um, Drag racing already had its grand final event, but given this became a two-night show for Speedway, we said if you... If, if you want to see and, and put it out to the people, if they want another night, um, let's let's do it for a Friday night. And it was really successful. So um, we're definitely going to um, include the drag racing as well. Um, we've got, I think it's five, maybe six on the calendar lined up. One of them's on a Saturday, so it'll be Fast Friday on Saturday. And uh, the rest of them are all Fast Fridays. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. Cool. No. just want to jump in for a minute. I used to go to Claremont Speedway growing up and um, used to have bikes there. Um, you know, solos there, the way sidecars works, it was nuts. Mm. Um, for someone who I guess doesn't understand tracks and what can and can't be done, why aren't there bikes at the motorplex? We we do run them a little bit as an exhibition, maybe twice a year, and we do it on the in on the infield track. Yep. Um, but to be honest, the the dirt and the the surface they run on is different to what the speedway runs on. The speedway has a lot more clay in the track. Right. Clay gives you grip, and um, you know the track evolves when you when you have clay in it. Whereas the the, the bike riders don't like that. They okay. they have a lot more of a, a, a slick track, more of a dirt dolomite sort of um, uh, I guess texture and surface. So um, I guess the issue even having our track on the infield is that the clay sort of ends up on there. We try yeah. and keep that as clean as we can, but um, you know, we, we do want to see that category grow again um, at the motorplex. So we will continue to work with those guys because um, it's pretty cool to have that discipline yeah. there as well. It's something different. Yeah. It used to be cool, you know, like one minute you'd have the sprint cars out there and yeah, next next minute bikes would be out there, and then you'd have the sidecars out there, and yep. you know, the guys just clinging on for their lives on the back and all that. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, to, like as someone who tries not to learn too much about the back end of things purely because it's got so much other stuff to worry about. Yeah. Um, you know, and and the average punter as well wouldn't know what's going on. All they see is oh, there's no bikes. Mm. Yeah. And so it's it's good to hear that that's you know it's not. Because they're not welcome, mm -hmm. um, which yeah, there's always that crap out there. Yeah. Um, but it's actually out of here. It's a it's a very technical reason why. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool to hear. So it's a really yeah. polite way of saying we can't stop sprint cars driving around the inside of the track. <laughs> <laughs> not mentioning names at all. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I'll, I'll back to you. <laughs> no, it's good. The solos always put on a good show there. It'd be wicked to see sidecars, but um, the, when the solos are there, they always do put on a good show and. Um, you know, that they're hella fast, so it's cool. Um, so, cool, good to see the motorplex being used. The calendar is chockers. There is mm. racing, like, out the wazoo. It is, it is, um, yeah, it is wicked to see. It's good for WA. It's good for all motorsport. Might, might have to put on another staff member soon just to cover motorplex. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's, 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 it's good, but <laughs> it's, um, it's awesome for WA. It just shows how strong the economy is and shows how much passion there is out there, which is what we want to see. Um, so on the motorplex, there's also other uses there. So we've got the uh, rally sprints, um, just going from strength to strength. Uh, it was good to see the drifters out there the other week, um, getting that back there. And, you know, they had a decent crowd for that, for drifting, which is really, really good. Um, 
what's what's the the story there? Is it still going to be still keep pushing that sort of stuff? Yeah, um, the biggest the biggest um, downfall of the motorplex, I suppose, is it doesn't run through winter. The the drag strip and the speedway are just not um, able to sort of be optimized with the weather, and especially this year, I've never seen rain like it. So. Um, yeah, it really makes it difficult to have activity there throughout the year. So the idea is to try and bring events back to the venue um, that can potentially run through a winter season um, or, if not, can run on Sundays or, you know, can run on days that either complement existing events or add to the calendar. Um, you know, again, where I came from at the Bend, we had a racing circuit, a higher go-kart circuit, a rally track, a full drive track, um, you know, there was a skid pan. There was a whole lot of driver experience programs that we were able to able to run there, and it really was a true, you know, multiplex of motorsport precincts. And that's really what I hope we can sort of bring to the motorplex here in Perth um, to uh, you know create new opportunities for not only races but also you know families that might want to come out for a day out. Um, we've got to try and make it a destination um, to you know create more revenue and more opportunities for that for the motorplex. That is fantastic. See, that is, and I think that's the key difference. Maybe it's, maybe it's your experience in, in Speedway, but, um, you know, I grew up around Speedway, gave it up for a few years where I chased the dream on oil rigs around the world and then came back. And it's the big difference because, um, you know, I sort of straddle both camps. So it's a big difference. Speedway, it's a, it's a circuit. Speedway and, and drag racing always sold as a show, always sold as a destination, somewhere to take the family for the day. Circuit racing hasn't been spoken of like that for, man, a long time. Yeah. You know, it hasn't been the places, hey, we're going to take the kids to, you know, unless you're ingrained in, in dad's racing or your brother's racing or, you know, unless you're ingrained in, with a driver, it's it's not been that, you know, whereas everyone growing up got dragged to Claremont or, you know, with me it was to Western Springs and, and stuff like that. So it, it's, yeah, it's a different mindset. I don't, and I don't, know what, I don't know what we need to do to save um, circuit, or if we can, because um, standing out in the sun for for a day, it's, it's a long day. You know, it's mm. not a four hour show. Um, it's it's a different thing. But I, I don't know. I, I've you know, I, and I keep saying, anyone to listen, I really want to run a you know a summer enduro series like they do in in Europe and like they do in you know even New Zealand does it. You know, where they're just a quarter of an hour practice, twenty minute qualifying, one hour enduro, bars open. You know. Yeah. Short, sharp, over and done with, have the drifters in between, something like that, whatever. Um, you know, something just to make it a short evening show and something to go and watch. Burnout guys do it. They run standalone events now just for the one category and it's, you know, multiple categories in, but the one the one thing, it's, you know, it's fantastic. So Yeah, and I think, um, you know, burnouts at our venue have just gone bananas last year and um, we've, we're introducing a, a third event um, this year on January 1. Um so we're hoping to take that New Year's Day tradition and, and turn it into a really cool, strong um, event uh, for years to come, hopefully. But um, they love it. It's quick. It's it's simple. It's a spectacle for the viewers. And, mm. um, yeah, it's uh, you're exactly right. And I think all sports are doing this. They're all realising the entertainment um, factor needs to be high. The attention spans are low. And all the way through to the most traditional of sports now is F1 and they're now doing sprint formats. So yeah. we saw that last week for the first time and at Silverstone, and it was really good. So, yeah. I, awesome. Yeah. So I think I think we're just always looking for, you know, how do we keep it entertaining, but then also how do we introduce experiences that don't just suit the rev head. It might be the family and the kids, and you know, the more people you can get out there, the the better it is for the venue and for everyone involved. I think we're kind of lucky at the Motorflex. So it is such a well built venue. The the stands are really lovely. It's manicured. Good facilities, lineups aren't too bad. You can get in and out of the venue really, really quickly. Um, there's a lot of space there, um, so yeah, it does it does make it easy to go to for you know for an event. Um, Open top bus tours down the drag strip. Why not? Why not? Families yeah. love that. If you've been to the supercars in Darwin, when you get they put on the the government puts on free buses to and from Hidden Valley, and the bus comes in runs into the track. You actually get picked up on the track, it does a lap, and you get out and dropped off either at the casino that's or on awesome. Mitchell Street. That's it's, fan- awesome. it's fantastic. <laughs> um, so with all that space that's around there with the motorplex, I, d- I know it's um, you know it's right in an industrial area. It's not going to get built out like other racetracks sort of have that issue. You, you, no one's even going to want to live next to the uh, refinery there. Is there any is there any plans to expand the motorplex? Do you think that is there... Uh, 
big business stuff, right? Assuming there's a five-year plan, there's a 10-year, there'll be uh, environmental consents rolling over and all that sort of stuff. So someone, obviously, in your role is planning for this sort of stuff. Yeah, and we so we just only a few weeks ago engaged a master plan consultant, master planner consultant, um, and he's got the scope of um, helping us understand how we can plan for and then go through the, the construction phase through to operations, uh, a multitude of new precincts within the venue. Um, he's sort of charged with looking at um, high go-kart circuit, a drift circuit that's actually proper built for drifting, um, a dirt kart circuit, um, a dirt kart speedway circuit, um, full drive, uh, off-road buggies. So these are all precincts we've put forward of what we want in that venue in, in within the next five years. Yep. And three and a half k tarmac circuit. Three off, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> so you know we are um, we're limited on space in some ways, but um, you know it's all about sort of using what you've got and being as efficient as you can. Um, multi-purpose precincts are the most perfect way to do that. And at the bend, we had a CIK International Standard Go Kart Circuit. There was also a high go-kart circuit. There was also a drifting circuit. There was also a rallycross circuit. Had jumps and water and all that through the infield. And the idea there is you've got four or five precincts within one um, and, you know, really gives you a lot more reason to build something and make money out of it and give experiences from it rather than just build something that might not work. So Yeah. Yeah, well, and you, that's a perfect segue into the next fan question. Um, and, and, and I think, <laughs> well, I mean, I'd love to see proper autocross and rallycross, but... Um, you're pretty much just blowing a heap of people's minds that, that uh, a permanent drift circuit's sort of on the menu there. Um, obviously, with the bend, you got to work with two um, very bipolar characters in, in the drift scene, some old-school dudes that I've drifted with many years ago. Um, so with Stewie Bryant and Christian Pickering, they, were, they, were, they were, had some brains in that circuit. And a few of us have uh, been over and uh, drifted at, at the bend there with some of the rounds last, or might have been the year before. Um so it's a pretty wicked setup there for drifting. Um, how did that come about? Because obviously, when you when you got your corporate hat on, right, mm. drifting doesn't flag up. Such a minority group, massive growing sport. Yeah, there's big dollars in the states, whatever. Yeah. But minority, you know, tiny, tiny group compared to the hundreds of people that want to come race go karts, hundreds of people that want to come race XLs and Formula Fords and all the rest of it. So yeah. how did that come about? Um, to be honest, it was like any of the precincts. We There was a lot of research that went into this venue. Um, we didn't put pen to paper on any drawings or even site plans until we sort of, you know, not all of us, but some of us got an opportunity to go overseas and, and see other venues and see how they were, you know, evolving, you know, through the years and what new precincts they knew they had to start building, otherwise they just go broke. Um, and if you look at a lot of the helicopter views around F1 circuits now, you can see, oh, they've got a go-kart track there. Oh, hang on, they've got like a skid pan there for driver training. And all these other precincts are all being built as part of it. It's not just about circuit racing anymore. So that really was what led to the drifting side of it. And, and they were quite proactive coming to us. Um, they really only had Malala that they were racing mm. at, um, which is obviously a country circuit in SA. Um, so, yeah, they were very proactive and we also were very, very keen to work with them. Um, and it took a lot of um, massaging when it took when it came to the different personalities and the different types of drifting and yeah. um, the different types of cars that that do the drifting. Um, but yeah, we ended up with a really really cool circuit, um, and it's got multi multi um, configurations. And yeah, they they love it. So it's it's worked out really well, and it's a successful precinct there. Yeah, it's it's absolutely bonkers. And um, yeah, every every time there's an event on there, just the the media comes out of it. It's it's got all the hype train that goes with it, you know, all the emotion and everything that we want to see. Like, if we can get, oh, man, if you pull that off in WA, then um, there'll be novelty checks everywhere. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, I was going to go into your career, but you already answered that. So, yeah, uni accounting, so that obviously led to a bit of a business mind and that helped stitch everything together because I was going to figure out how you got into the compliance side of Speedway. Sure. Obviously, um, like engineering, accounting, uh, heavily compliant, you have to have that mindset and understand paperwork as part of everyday life so people out there studying um keep studying it's not a complete waste um but you can always go faster and make more money when you get older that's what i'm counting on anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah no that's cool um i think you've just blown half of our, our viewers little minds with uh what about your happen? usual question oh is he single no <laughs> 
You've only done that to two people. <laughs> well, actually, funny, see what? Laura Burns' race suit in the background now. That was a pretty cool pick-up, a bit of a win. Um, no, yeah. I, I had a swag of others, but I think we've gone over time. Um, the, the undies and socks thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I completely forgot. I got so... Oh. I got so Blown away by the fact we're going to get uh, more <laughs> venues there, and and like, yeah, that I'm just I'm fanboying out on that because um, off road racing in Australia it was left behind by motorsport. Well, say it bluntly, it was left behind by MA for a while or GAMS. It's come back in the fold. Have you seen how hectic uh, and and the numbers people are getting in these side by side buggies now? You yeah. go to any, I know they put on a show at um, when did they when did we have the buggies in at the Motorplex last year? Might have been oh. It might have been the monster trucks they came when I took them out. Anyway, I don't the, know, it the side before, by before I was allowed to step foot into the yeah the place, side so. by sides now. If you go to any off road racing, so you know we normally got the um, you know the, the trucks and the um, standard four by fours, and then you got the little um, single seaters and stuff like that. Side by sides, hand over fist numbers growing every race meeting. Mm. Uh, Frank out at Cage Tech just can't keep up with cars. Um, you know the the Honda guys. Um, Freddy's, they, they just can't, you know, one of the sponsors of the Freaks, they can't keep up. The demand to get a side-by-side to then be a Motorsport Australia compliant race car now, mm-hmm. and they've got their own set of regs, which has been a little bit more flexible than other regs, been, you know, allowing a, a few different things that we traditionally weren't allowed, mm. growing hand over fist. So if we've got a venue where they've got tight turns and jumps and long runs and dust and all the cool stuff that off-road races like, without having to drive four hours out and camp for three days... Yeah. Oh man, that's going to be that's going to be next level. Um, but going back to you as a driver, mm. did you have any weird superstitions? Uh, I've only got one, and it's it's still a thing. I always just get in the car the, the same way every time, and I don't know. It's it's stupid, and it and it probably makes no sense. But there was one time I just remember I had my dad working on the other side of the car, so I came in on the other side, which felt a bit unusual, and I hit the wall that day, and I was like, mm, okay, I'm not doing mm, that sure. again. So. It doesn't, yeah, and luckily I, I race open wheelers, so you can get in both sides. But um, yeah, if I ended up in a sedan, that might be difficult jumping through a passenger seat. But um, yeah, that's all I've got. Yeah, I get in my car the same way every time. I put my gloves on the dash, harness in, put the window need up, and then realise I can't re- reach my gloves. I have to take everything off again. <laughs> every damn God, it pisses me off every time. It's your thing, mate. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, no, good. We've had weird ones toilet stalls. Yep. Marking toilet stalls, all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, so no, that's yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's not unusual at all. No, <laughs> but well, I still reckon the toilet stall one's a bit. Yeah, we've had multiple drivers with that same yeah. routine type robotic. Yeah, right. Yeah, I turn up the track. I pick that's my toilet stall. And what happens yeah. if someone's in there when you need yeah. to go for your nervous one just before a race? Exactly. You cooked. So you're gonna yeah. Someone's gonna clean up. Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> Unbelievable. Um. Last, uh, most of the questions that I was going to ask, Brent asked, which is good, um, around Motorplex and you know, future plans and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, the calendar is massive this year, which looks yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, we started plugging it into our calendar to line up coming down and getting a bit of footage and doing our thing that we love to do down there. Yeah, good. Um, and uh, some of our biggest stuff from la- the last 12 months in terms of love on TikTok and that has all been motorplex stuff. Um, like the proposal of um, Glenn, I think his name was, in the Joker burnout car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like those photos just went nuts. Yeah. Then we ended up going around to about half a million people. Yeah, just like, yeah, it's insane. So, yeah, like so much coming up this year. But um, one of my favourite questions to ask our guests is, um, and for you I'm going to ask two two questions mm-hmm. around the same thing. Um, if you were able to be racing in any category of racing at all, past, present, mm-hmm. or whatever you can think of in the future maybe, uh, and have either pit crewing or as a co-driver, if it was an enduro or something like that, any driver that you've ever come across or heard of before, what category would you want to be in and who would you want to race with? Very good question. And they don't have to line up either. Um, you know, it's it's funny because I, I I do race in a category that I love. It's um, the prototypes, those types of cars. And if we if we go to the next level, like an LMP car would be just incredible. I'd love I'd love to do Asia Le Mans um, and do a four hour type event. 
I would just, yeah, I would love that. And as far as drivers go, it's actually an interesting one. My business partner, um, he uh, also is the owner of the team that looks after my race car. He's one of those guys that just doesn't look like he takes things seriously, but he's just so phenomenally quick. Um, I think I'd love to do an endurance with him because he just, you know, nearly doesn't give a shit the way he sort of, yeah. the way he sort of handles himself. And I think with me maybe getting a bit nervous before a race, I'd get settled down real quick and he'd probably go out and blow my lap times apart. <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that'd be half the fun. So I, I think for me now, racing is just about being in the fastest thing I can be in and just have fun with it. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll use the bend because you're there. Um, obviously, you've just started with the motorplex. So we'll use the bend for this question. If you could have a driver, again, any era, any time period, mm-hmm. come out and do laps on that on the bend in any car, who would you want it to be and what would you want them to race around that circuit? Oh, this is like a fanboy question. This really, is absolutely, it is, it is, absolutely. You know what, I actually, I really like Lando Norris. He's, um, if he could bring his yeah. F1 car out to the bend and show us how quick that race circuit would be in a car like that... Um, with all his little jokes and his little, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, um, laid-back attitude that he has. I mean, that would be phenomenal. And I have to say, we had a lot of, you know, whether you want to call them celebrities or just well-known race car drivers throughout that that period. And, um, you know, I never really got too excited about, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but to have someone at the level of an F1 driver in a car at that level, I would, that would just be phenomenal. Yeah. In, in a car that they have 100%... Um, you know they're allowed to rag on it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not. It's not a show lap. It's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're sitting in Malta. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now Lando was um, fantastic. Did you see the video the other day? It was um, uh, they were in the McLarens doing their drive with the boss thing. Hilarious. I haven't had a chance to. Watch oh, it. dude, is how funny. Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's just a cracker. Yeah. And I think um, you know, and his boss, he's. Yeah, Zach's he's, pretty cool. He's he's funny as hell. Like at yeah. least in public, I imagine he'd be a real hard ass. Yeah, you don't get to that that level and, yeah. and that dollar value. Um, being a gimp, you know, like yeah, but like on the iRacing last year for the supercars when he did the the guest wildcard entry with Zach yeah. Brown, and yeah, he's really cool and really just laid back in that. But yeah, you can tell underneath that. Oh, yeah. like, ultra competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to be to operate at that level. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. He's not, not as wound up as Gunther Steiner, at least. Yeah. So. <laughs> Although he'd be, I reckon he'd be cool to hang out with. Yeah, and just, I reckon he's got his place too. I reckon yeah. he's just got a raw deal at the moment. I think yeah. it's, uh, you know, and, and that's the pinnacle. There's, there's no room for any error at that level and there's no you can't suffer any mistakes. Mm. It's, no. it's a hard one, you know. We're pretty lucky there's, at our level we don't, you know. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Maybe at your level, I don't know about Paul's level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right off a wolf or something. It's a pretty uh, different story or a west, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you very much for joining us and having a chat. Um, it's, yeah, been pretty cool to hear sort of plans for the Perth Motorplex and obviously to have a chat about your racing as well. We you know you've been, you know, you're not just a you know, ops manager. Yeah. You know, you've actually got the racing experience behind you and, um, yeah, my little fanboy moment of, of the episode is to find out you designed those first three corners of, <laughs> of the bend, you know, like that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, and again, as I said, like, yeah, and of course now to put a face to the name of the person that almost ran me over in Sydney as well. Yep. So, um, but yeah, there'll be no chance for me to reverse that. So no, we're, no, we're all good. It <laughs> well, it might reverse into you at some stage. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, again, thank you very much. Um, Check out Perth Motorplex on the uh, Facebook and everywhere else. Check out the calendar, of course. We've got the Perth Motorplex section on behindthesport.net. Um, Laura Burns uh, will be joining, or she has already actually joined us. Uh, she's going to be doing a lot of women in motorsport stuff, uh, but she's also going to be writing about her races and that. So you know, we're going to actually have a driver essentially embedded in Speedway this year um, to tell us what's going on. So... Um, yeah, and hopefully, Paul, you'll send us some little tidbits every now and then. That'd be great. And, sure. Um, yeah, keep everyone up to date. And obviously, between yeah, us coming down and doing our thing, we'll, um, yeah, just keep showing people what's going on down there and look forward to seeing all these plans hopefully coming true in the next five years. Yeah, let's hope so.
Fantastic. You know the deal. Amazon, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, blah, 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 blah. Or just go to behindsport.net and follow the links from there. See you next episode. We have improved production legend Ducky on. See you then.